0: Welcome to the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Here at QT, our mission is to provide teacher training for tutors. If you are a motivated tutor and you love to learn, the QT Podcast will inspire, motivate and support you to improve your practice. Because tutoring is a small job that makes a big difference. Hello and welcome to our 15th episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. We are delighted today to be joined by... Victoria Gibbs manager of tutors international uh, but more importantly one of our very first Qt uh, alumni um, Victoria joined us for the first cohort of qualified tutors and uh, was a hugely valuable and, and um, welcome member of our cohort bringing years of experience in the tutoring industry and, uh, and also contributing a great deal to to the pedagogical discussions of the teaching and learning and and uh, and helping students through uh, their education. Um, so, a huge welcome to you, Victoria. Thank you very much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. What a lovely introduction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, really, we, Julia and I, uh, Julia Silver, the founder of QT, and, and I, you know, really speaking incredibly highly of this first cohort. And, and, and uh, even when we began the, the second cohort uh, uh, last week, we were thinking, God, I've I wish Victoria was here again just to direct <laughs> our, our discussions and to, to direct our, our wonderful breakout groups that we have.
1: Oh They're you can flatter out. me honestly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that's um, you know it's a positive environment that we love to create so um, thank you very much Victoria. So I guess one of the first questions is, is: Is how did you find the course? You know, that's this is, um, you know, we're not going to push you for all of the kind of lovely, <laughs> wonderful uh, answers that we're seeking for, but but really, how did you how did you enjoy it? How did you find um, it, 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 it passed?
1: Oh, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I've I've had nearly ten years in the industry, and I've sort of danced around education for considerably longer. And I thought this was a, a you know such a valuable eight hour course um, and just having the different perspectives from all the other attendees on the course and the the direction from the from the course leaders was just absolutely fantastic and even even though I maybe had a little more experience than some of the other people coming onto the course you know I was still learning such a lot Um, and just you know sharing techniques and and tips and and oh it's just what a what a rich dialogue we had with everyone it was fantastic what a, a very the the two-hour evening you know two hours and evening sessions they they passed in the blink of an eye Um, what a great way to spend lockdown
0: (laughs) well that's um that's certainly something we've heard is that you know it it really it gave a, a good structure to the week to have that Wednesday evening there's two hours as you mentioned kind of to look forward to maybe a little bit of thinking time beforehand and then a bit of reflection time um afterwards but um yeah, I, I that kind of leads me on very nicely to to my next question, which is how how you've been coping during this time, Victoria. I remember you mentioning before that that you tend to work from home anyway, so this perhaps didn't disrupt your routine too much. But um, how have things been during uh, since lockdown?
1: Um, well, yes, I mean the company I work for, Tutors International, we have always worked from home and done sort of remote working. So the move to lockdown wasn't the great culture shock that it maybe was for a lot of other people um having said that there have been differences um the the sort of pace of working with the with the company has changed um, because obviously the needs of education um everywhere has changed somewhat um it, it's been an interesting few weeks uh we did sort of see it coming and start preparing um, before before schools closed down and um, borders started closing so so we had a little bit of prep time and, and awareness but it's yeah there's definitely been a step change yeah. in how we've been operating i would say
0: yeah i, I think that's that's completely unavoidable really isn't it but um, it seems kind of through the discussions we had recently and, and during the, the four-part course that uh that you'd been able to really manage that time very well and you'd been able to manage the transition so um, perhaps there's a whole other kind of uh, conversation there about how to manage transitions how to best utilize working from home um but, uh, <laughs> oh,
1: 10 years in I'm well I'm well practiced, you're well practiced home now.
0: <laughs> and, and talking of kind of well practiced well um setting up kind of good systems of working and, and learning we love to ask this question on the on the QT podcast because we think it it reveals a lot about where uh, our guests have f- find themselves in the, in the world of education, um, you know, at the moment of recording. But Victoria, w- what kind of student were you? And, and did you ever have a tutor?
1: <laughs> well, uh, no, I never had a tutor. Um, I've been racking my brains and I, I really can't remember having a tutor. I did attend extra maths classes at GCSE um, because I wasn't very good at maths. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a small group of us who, who stayed back I don't know, every Tuesday night or something just to do an extra hour or so just you know sort of six or seven students with the, with the teacher and that made a huge difference I'm happy to say. I did come out with a, a very respectable grade at GCSE yeah. so um, and, and then I never did maths ever again I should say. <laughs> um, I I like to think I was a sort of you know diligent hardworking, applied kind of student I was interested um, for the most part in, in in school work Um yeah I, I enjoyed it I might be looking back with rose tinted spectacles but I you know I, I think I was I was probably an okay kind of student um that said I was thinking about this um the other day and I I think you could say that the kind of student I was fell into two sort of broad categories so up to sort of GCSE and A levels I was coasting along it was you know it, it was all right I didn't really need additional help unless it was maths um when I got to university, though, that did change. Um, I was still a reasonable student, but I found a grade that I could never break past. Um, you know, every essay that got returned to me was 66. Every exam grade was 66. And what I really wanted, you know, I would have loved to have a first, but, uh, but I, a 67 would have done me. I'd have been pleased with that. Um, and I think at that stage, a little bit of tutoring would have really helped. But I'm also not sure that I would have listened at that stage
0: either, so it swings around <laughs> Well, yes, maybe perhaps not, but maybe after working in the tutoring industry for this long, you'd, you'd look back and think that maybe you'd have had a sense of um, a feeling of working with the tutor rather than kind of, oh, God, this is another hour that I've got to work. Uh, I'm so annoyed my parents have given me this extra hour. You know, maybe working in the <laughs> tutoring industry, you have that kind of sympathy towards, towards tutors. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah I think that's absolutely right you know looking at it from this perspective you know four or five hours just at at university level getting coaching to to improve my ability with essays and and exams it would have made such a difference and um, yes I think I would appreciate it a lot more from this (laughs) from this vantage point.
0: (laughs) Well there we go well maybe that's you know that's, that's kind of one of the key reasons for doing a you know for, for launching a podcast like this is is because these kind of tips about you know how to work as a student and you know what our mentality should be you know, that kind of thing it, it often comes from those directly around us so kind of parents and other peers but it's not often that we hear from you know, people from education uh, experts and leaders it's not often that we as students hear from them saying you know Really, from experience, this is how I advise going about it. This is how I advise using your time best. This is how I would advise, kind of starting your, you know, your revision timetable, schedule that kind of thing. Um, and that's really what we're hoping to 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 create here is a uh, kind of content that can be uh, listened to by everyone in education, all levels, students and okay. um, teachers, tutors deputy headteachers even, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah no, that's a very very useful advice. Um, now just looking kind of turning from student to tutor, what, in your role Victoria at, at Tutors International what, what kind of skills do you look for when placing uh, a tutor in a role, Is there, what, what kind of abilities and, and attributes do you look for in a tutor um, and I kind of, I guess that does depend on the context. But are, are there any kind of overriding ones that uh, that you're
1: looking at? Tutors International is a little bit different to other um, tutoring companies and agencies because we do full time, long term, residential tuition. So it's really important to get the fit of personality, academic achievement, and experience with the with the tutor and the student. Um, and it's also, you know, you're asking an impossible question there because one family might want. I don't know all the sciences and French and other family might want all the humanities and and obviously the science is a little bit in the background but they're a humanities-based fa- uh, family um, and they might want Spanish or you know a family might want Mandarin and business. It's it's impossible to say you know we want these subjects, we want these languages but in terms of sort of the, the general um, what we look for in tutors and I think this probably would apply to educators across the board so whether you're working in a school uh, as a teacher um, as a TA or whether you're doing um, tutoring by the hour on the side of your job in the city or whatever you're doing if you're an educator then you know we really need to to see that you have exceptional communication skills it's the ability to take an idea and package it up in a a small easily digestible sound bite almost and then deliver that to the student in a way that they can understand um, that's really you know very useful um being able to process a lot of information and just present it in a fun and engaging way um having a sense of humor i think is also key um yes you definitely need a sense of humor when you're working in education
0: maybe that would be the next workshop in the qt uh, QT (laughs) developing your sense of humor yes being a funny tutor (laughs)
1: Well, it's, it's not a case of it's not a case of sort of being the, the clown at the front of the classroom. But it's just um, you know things don't always go to plan, and dealing them with dealing with them with a smile on your face, I think, is is much easier than kind of fighting fighting the printer for the umpteenth time. Um, the you know the the other thing that we look for, or the other things I should say, the attributes that are quite useful in in education are um, the ability to change direction. So if the printer isn't working. Do you have a backup plan or can you change your plans? Um, creativity. We look for creativity as well. Um, nobody, or I should say very few students really enjoy sitting at a desk and just sort of learning from books. But yeah. can you bring that material alive? Can you can you create a lesson out of it that brings in elements from all over the world or you know, whatever it is that you're trying to teach um, and just make it much more real for the student? So... Um, so yes, I think there are sort of broad attributes that you can look for in in educators in general.
0: Mm. Yeah, uh, and and that's a key point to make, isn't it? It's that tutors are one part of um, education, uh, mm. and they can take lessons and skills that apply to other um, roles in education, such as teachers or or kind mm. of you know, support staff, that kind of thing. Um, there, there are certainly overriding skills, as just as you said, those sort of exceptional communication skills, they, they apply to all educators, as you say. Um, just as important to tutors as to teachers, but, you know, obviously this being a podcast, being a, a, a conversation for tutors, we really want to make that point, is that being able to bring the content to life will hugely enhance your ability in a one-to-one setting obviously that's very important also for a teacher to do but um
1: I think thinking outside the box like that though with them um, with your lesson delivery makes it much more enjoyable for you as a tutor as well because you have that creative outlet you, you know you can take that one student on a fantastic journey even if it is fractions it's you know yeah. you can do so much fun and interesting Sorry, I've got my grammar in a not there. You can do so many fun and interesting things in in a one to one situation uh, when you're when you're imparting knowledge. Yeah. Um, and you know, and there's no shame if you know if your tutee asks you a question that you don't know the answer to. There's absolutely no shame in in fitting that and um, and going on a learning journey together. As tutors, I think we we teach because we're passionate about it, and and we should really be looking to engender that in all of our tutees as well you know knowledge for the sake of wanting to know
0: yeah and um, now victoria this came out um in uh, i think it was the third workshop in the learning loop when we were talking about plans for you know uh, teaching so in, in the learning loop there's, there's the assess plan and then teach and then the final step is reassess but when we were looking at teach we were looking at methods for delivering content and i do remember a certain prop being taken from right next to where you were sitting in being used. Could you tell us a little bit more maybe about how you, uh, you've you used that in, in past tutoring sessions?
1: Oh, well, no, I, I shouldn't take credit for it really. Um, when I was doing my A-levels, I had a phenomenal politics teacher and I have stolen this from his lessons. Um, he, <laughs> he was teaching about... Um, the voting age, and why why do we cut it off at eighteen? What's you know why should we have a cutoff point? And uh, to illustrate his point, he picked the most serious guy in the class and said, you know, uh, for some reason I you know twenty years later I still remember it was a chap called Dipesh. He said, Dipesh is serious. He's seventeen. He knows you know he's very well read. He's very considered, and you know he thinks things through. He makes sensible choices. Should he be allowed to vote? And we all sat there and said, well, yes, yes, he probably should. And then my teacher sprinted out of the classroom, came back from his office with his hand stuffed up his jumper and a rabbit puppet sticking out the top of his collar. <laughs> and he, he had a conversation with this rabbit puppet saying, well, what about me? You know, I'm clearly over 18. Should I be allowed to vote? What do you think, Mrs. Rabbit Beans? And And the whole class was just sort of shocked and looking at each other going, I cannot believe our politics teacher has got a stuffed rabbit up his top that he's kind of animating and talking to and you know obviously it stuck with me for 20 years yeah uh, um, the best and, lesson that
0: you, you've had
1: yeah it was it was brilliant and we all still talk about it we all you know when we re- reunite in our hometown we go oh do you remember that lesson with david when he did that say, yes <laughs> yes. Yeah. um but i think it does illustrate the the use of props mm. um and uh, and in that third uh, seminar that we had um i i might have also sprinted out to my uh, daughter's bedroom and retrieved a uh, a stuffed animal uh, a fox puppet that had conversations with us throughout the throughout the rest of the seminar and yeah. you know what i have no shame in that you remembered oh. it and in 20 years time you will still remember yeah. it so
0: it really it, it added great value i think to the, the <laughs> delivery of the seminar <laughs> it, uh, was... i think
1: well i think it's it, you know it's again it's a useful thing you know you, you use props when you're sort of with primary age children a lot but then you get to secondary and a level and you kind of forget about them but there's still a lot of value and fun to be had so hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah no absolutely um not afraid at all to uh, to use props you know even if they, they may seem a little silly at times they, they definitely as you say they stick in the mind of the student and uh at the end of the day if we're trying to um get across a, a trickier point point, then then just using something that sticks is uh is incredibly valuable um so thank you for for explaining the uh, the fox puppet story <laughs> and where that came from um <laughs> So just kind of looking um, towards uh, younger tutors and how they can uh, kind of step into the world of tutoring. For, for um, someone, a student who's perhaps leaving school or leaving uh, university and thinking about the next steps and thinking about how maybe tutoring could be a really positive way to to start their, their post-school or post-uni careers, what, what kind of advice would you have for student tutors looking to get into the world of tutoring i.e perhaps tutors without that many hours under their belt but but really kind of enthusiastic motivated to get into the world of of tutoring
1: the first thing that i would say is if you really are sort of literally just starting out you probably want to be looking at your own network Um, so if you have friends who have younger siblings who need help and they would be good people to start with um, i would definitely avoid putting your name out on social media to start with and from a from a, a safety perspective i think you need to have a little bit of experience and a little bit of um you know time to build up your confidence and know what you're doing as a tutor before you sort of go public with it if you like mm-hmm. um i think you know when you've when you've built up a good tutoring platform and have a, a, a a good number of hours under your belt. You know, if you're then to move to university and go to a new town and obviously all your network of contacts is sort of completely cut off, um, at that point you could probably start putting out feelers through social media a little bit. But I would always caution or... or I would always say use caution and um, I would caution against blanket social media campaigns for your private tutoring but I would always say you know just be very careful your safety is important as well so yeah,
0: yeah exactly uh, your safety as a tutor is important your your students safety is is important as well you know if you're posting about students that you've tutored and you know using to personal information then that's mm-hmm. something really to, to watch out for as well but yes exactly so you know, not just blanketing your services across social media, hoping for people to pick it up, but actually kind of creating relationships with the students you tutor already. You know, maybe tutoring their friends or their you know, family
1: mm-hmm. friends. No, um, it's yeah. slow and steady, isn't it? I mean, you know, you you want to make sure that you've got solid foundations for your business, whether it's a full time business that you're you're sort of pursuing or whether you're doing it as a hustle. You you want to make sure that the foundations are solid. Mm. Um, and and um, you know you're delivering a quality product rather than just sort of sending out your message to all and sundry and, and hoping that someone bites.
0: Yeah, exactly. Which is, I, I you know, I, I guess where uh, the role of an agency or a company comes in is that they're you know, more able to obviously direct your tutoring work rather than you having to kind of be searching for it the whole time, like like many independent tutors. But we've you know we've discussed that in some detail on the QT podcast before just about, you know, which avenue, which path young tutors looking to get into the industry should go down. But um really, you know, there's, there's, there are pros and cons to both, but something that's very important that we believe, whichever uh, route you go down, Victoria, is, is, Bringing yourself up to speed as a tutor in your training. Now, this doesn't just apply to tutors starting out, but can also apply to tutors who have been tutoring for a while, or perhaps teaching assistants looking to go into tutoring. You know, wanting to kind of make that um, transition and 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 learn about what's different between classroom teaching and, and tutoring. But what kind of training do you think a tutor should should look for? Um, before they begin tutoring or even you know several years after they've been uh after they've begun tutoring what, what kind of training do you think they should be, be seeking out
1: oh that's an interesting question um the oh goodness uh before you begin tutoring it's a little bit difficult because you're not quite sure necessarily what your specialism is so um i think <laughs> i've got to be honest and you're definitely not paying me to say this but um Things like the QT, the the qualified tutor courses, are a fantastic introduction to what to expect in private tutoring. Um, I I think they give some really valuable insight to anyone who hasn't dabbled in the world of education before. Um, And and even those who are tutoring already but haven't had any formal training uh, will really you know find an awful lot of value um and they'll probably find that they start thinking about education in a slightly different way as well and just through doing something like the the qt courses um i think if you develop a specialism in um you know primary or, or secondary subject courses then obviously you need to be keeping up to date with um what the the course content is uh, for your age group specialism, subject specialism, and so on. So I understand um, QT is going to be developing um, subject specific training modules uh, over the over the next few months, and that will be something that I'll be keeping an eye on um, and uh, you know really championing when they come out, I think. Uh, so that's fantastic training as well. I also think professional development, it, it should be mandatory. If you're not constantly learning yourself whether that's you know learning more about your own subject or learning more about sort of pedagogical theory and um you know how to be a better tutor you're kind of standing still or going backwards so you really need to be constantly out there sort of you know looking for for ways to improve um, professionally and whether that's you know whether that's doing an online course or a, a course in person actually um there are a number of places that do offer. Uh, courses so various associations like the British Dyslexia Association has uh, training days that you can attend probably not at the moment but I dare say they'll start up again soon Um, the TES has uh, various training modules some online I think some in person as well um, and even even places like Read um, Employment uh, and I think Indeed maybe the jobs boards Read and Indeed uh, they have uh, a lot of online training material which may be of use to to tutors and yeah. um, it's just a case of going looking for it I think
0: yes exactly being being motivated enough to to mm. you know, set aside the time to look for for that kind of um those yeah. kind of opportunities isn't it um,
1: yeah
0: but you know yeah. as tutors we are committed and and in the habit of preparing well for our sessions so that should uh <laughs> that should help us in our search for our own jobs um mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, there's so many good resources there, uh, Victoria. And I I think that's maybe the the most daunting part about beginning life as a tutor is that kind of overwhelming sense of, or that overwhelming feeling of, oh, you know, do I have to train myself to the standard of a teacher before I can start? You know, am I maybe slight imposter syndrome for some tutors? (laughs) You know, they feel that they shouldn't be sitting there educating a child without having... um, you know without having really been taught how to how to do it um
1: a lot of the training that you do uh, for tutoring or in education situations is going to be so applicable in your professional life whether you stay in tutoring or not um it, you know there's a lot of information about communication there's a lot of information about you know how to deal with or how to work with i should say how to work with uh, people who've got learning differences or special educational needs and, you know, how to sort of interpret um, changes of mood in people and sort of, you know, communicate with them effectively and how to be professional. And, you know, that these skills are so transferable that, yes, it might be daunting to be at the very beginning of your tutoring career, but absolutely nothing that you do in terms of continuous professional development will ever go to waste. It's, it's such a positive thing.
0: Wow, that was uh, an amazing quote to end with. (laughs) Nothing you ever do will go to waste with your CPD. So really, you know, thank you so much, uh, Victoria, for kind of ending on that and for kind of for bringing out the importance of CPD. You know, even for tutors, because sometimes tutors don't see themselves as as professional workers, uh, which of course they are. They're they're providing a professional. Um, well they 're providing a profession you know, they 're providing teaching mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. students, so I think that 's a really important um, angle to look at tutoring from is that you are in a professional role and you, you know, it 's it's really most useful for you and your student to treat it as a professional role um, mm-hmm. and and as you say you know the, the qualified tutor course is, is hoping to, to bring that kind of that level of professionalism and that level of professional training to tutoring industry and there's uh, certainly those resources you've mentioned you know indeed and read and the tes the times education supplement and and you know i i think that although there are many resources out there you know we really haven't seen one that's specific to tutors and which isn't linked to an organization or an agency or a company already um which is one of the real kind of um usps of our course is that you know it doesn't it doesn't tie you to working for a particular organisation, um, Yes, I
1: think it's going to be fantastic. You know, when as you flourish as a as a qualification, it's going to be such a boon for the tutoring industry. I'm, I'm so excited.
0: Very good. Well, yes, if if, if you you have enjoyed kind of the uh, the thought of gaining those new kind of transferable uh, skills that that uh, Victoria and I have been have been discussing here, and that. Um, Victoria has been uh, sort of extolling the virtues of them. And please do join us in in one of our uh, next cohorts. So we, um, the way that the course is structured is that you join a cohort at the start of your course for your your first workshop, which is on safeguarding, and then you you stay with that cohort for the ensuing four uh, weeks. And so there's a, a two hour workshop every Wednesday evening, uh, and um, ranging from um, the fundamentals of of teaching and learning to to kind of uh, special educational needs and disabilities and an introduction to to mental health and and well-being in the tutoring environment. If you can't make the Wednesday evening slot, then we're very flexible and we we are able to um, find a time that works for you. Um, So if that's a worry, then then please don't let that bother you. Um, But yeah, we are very, very excited to be welcoming in uh, our our new cohort who started last week. um, And... uh, the following cohorts uh, will be starting um, the 1st of July. So uh, please do join us. You can find us at www.qualifiedtutor.org. Uh, you can follow the link in the podcast description below. Uh, and we will uh, very, very excited for, for you to join us if you, if you choose to. It is a hugely valuable course. So that's kind of really the feedback that we've had so far has, has expressed that. Uh, and As a result, Victoria, we are hugely grateful for you for joining us for this podcast, for joining us for the four weeks of the seminar. And and we really look forward to kind of to working with you on developing the courses and and leading our alumni uh, in the future.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Ludo.
0: That's not a problem at all. Thank you very much for listening and we will see you all next time. Thank you once again to Victoria and we will speak to you very, very soon. Thanks for listening to the Qualified Tutor podcast, where tutors share their expertise to support the tutoring community. We're always looking for motivated tutors to interview on the show. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, get in touch at podcast.qualifiedtutor.org. We'd love to learn from you.